I'm at this dude's age. I'm like, I can't even get off the couch like he does. Yeah. There's no way. Like, I can sprint to my front porch. I, from from then the I have street. to recover for like 10 minutes. Yeah, and then I, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna need some I'm gonna need some Bengay. I'm gonna yeah. need a couple Advil and I'm gonna need like a gallon of water uh, and a nap. <laughs> Welcome to the What's Up Ready Podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-host, Alec Burgess. Let's get it. We appreciate you tuning in. Go ahead, hit that follow, subscribe, like, bell notification button. Uh, tell a friend about us. Uh, tell a super spy about us. Uh, we all know you have one in your life, so go find mm-hmm. them. Tell them about us. If not, tell some random pickpocket about us, too. That'll work. Uh, <laughs> that, that almost, after they pick your pocket. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it almost like a very... Uh, Fast and Furious feel becomes part of the family really quickly. So, um, yeah, do that. And because uh, we appreciate it, it does help us grow the podcast. Uh, if you couldn't tell, today we are talking about Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. It was released July 11th, 2023. It was written by Bruce Geller and Eric Jenderson, directed by Christopher McQuarrie, stars Tom Cruise, Haley Atwell. Bing Rames, Simon Pegg, Rebecca Ferguson, Vanessa Kirby, Isai Morales, Palm Clementif, Henry Zerny, Shea Wiggum, Greg Tarzan Davis, and Carrie Hughes. There's a lot more in there, but they had a bit part at the beginning, so I'm not going to worry about it. Um, yeah, <laughs> the synopsis for this one, Ethan Hunt and his IMF team must track down a dangerous weapon before it falls into the wrong hands. That's like a plug and play in case you're wondering, like that's seriously the whole thing on IMDb, but that works for every mission impossible movie movie that there is. (laughs) So they got really cheap on that one. Um, Use chat GPT to write it for you. Seriously, something, (laughs) anything. I mean, it would be kind of ironic if AI AI wrote the synopsis synopsis for a movie about an AI. Um, Yeah, that's funny. So if you haven't seen this movie and you want to avoid spoilers, now's the time to pause the podcast, go watch the movie, come back, pick up where you left off, because we're going to spoil the shit out of this thing. And there's a lot to spoil for a first half of a movie. Um, Yeah, you know, okay, I want to get one of my topics out of the way. Let's do it. Early, because come to find out, this might be some news to you. <laughs> because I had no idea, sir, that you hadn't watched. Yeah, uh, neither did I. Movies. So this was this was new. <laughs> I had no idea. I'd never watched any of these movies either. But we're discovering on this podcast that I'm not a big franchise guy. That's Terminator, fair. Scream, now Mission Impossible. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I was sitting there, and if you'd asked me beforehand, I would have been like, "Oh yeah, yeah I've seen Mission Impossible." But sitting in the theater, I was sitting there. I was like, mm, no, nope. I've never seen Mission Impossible. It took me about 15 minutes. And I was like, OK, this this will be new. This this will be good. This will be great. Um, but I was actually pleasantly surprised with how much I was still able to follow the story. Like they did got a good job of explaining enough background that I knew what was happening without needing a huge amount of you know six movies i think it is Uh, knowledge so i was appreciative of that point that i came in on movie seven part one (laughs) 
and I still had a good enough idea. I was like, okay, you know, I've, I've got the, I've got the baseline. Now I can enjoy the movie. Sure. I, I think, and I guess, and that perfectly segues me into, because I got thinking about it last night after I'd watched it and you had told me that you hadn't watched any of them in full at least. Um, and I was like, holy shit balls. There's so much that you're missed. And to be honest, like, and then I started thinking about it. And that's the craziest part is I think looking back on most of the mission impossibles, cause I actually love this franchise. I'm, I used to rarely be a franchise guy, like especially, and I was not like, I like Tom Cruise a lot in certain things, but Tom Cruise is, kind of always been hit and miss with me in the modern age of Tom Cruise. Like, so, but I've always enjoyed him in this. And with the exception of part two, these, the second of these films, all of them have been, in my opinion, very good, but they all stand alone pretty well too. There's a lot of overlap. And I think the most, the one before this, and then the two before that, I think you have to watch to understand all of it because the villains a crossover type thing with some additions and things like that. So I think there's a couple that you have to kind of watch together in order for all of it to make sense. But I think you can stand alone the majority of these films and like you said, pick up and, and follow it for the most part. And there are even in this one, there's some subtle hints to previous movies. Um, even Kittredge, like seeing Kittredge back in it, like he's a throwback. He was in the original. Like, so, I mean, that's old school shit there. Cause I'm pretty sure that's a, I mean, that's a long time ago when the original one came out 30 years. Probably. It's gotta be close. I honestly don't even remember 96. I think 27 years. Yeah. I think 96 was when the first one came out. So I was three. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I was fifteen. Uh, fifteen. <laughs> uh, Depending on when, would have been getting close to sixteen, possibly. So, anyway, yeah. So <laughs> it was a while ago, but it all ties back, and, and I think so. I, the one thing that I'll give, because they've had a ton of directors. I mean, they've had J.J. Abrams. They've had McGee. They've got McQuarrie. I mean, they've got a lot of people that have been in charge of these films. But the one thing, and maybe this is kudos to Tom Cruise because he is who he is, but they've all been really good, like really enjoyable. I mean, they're all pretty much the same movie, honestly, which is right. why I'm same surprised formula. that I liked it. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. And it and it's never. I think, I guess that's uh, my topic is the other movies and how does this one hold up to the rest? And it's kind of an interesting concept because again, like I said, they're mostly all the same movie. There's been a couple of standouts though. One of those was Part Three, um, and the reason for that is the villain. And now my brain literally just quit working. Um, was Gabriel? played. No, not in this. Yeah, this one though. I like this villain too. Um, what was his name? He's passed away now for a while ago. Uh, damn it, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Ah, okay, was the villain in three, 
and he made three, he and Tom Cruise acting together, outrageous, dude. And I mean, they they done in Magnolia. They were the, together. There's been some crossover there, but though he carried three, three was ridiculously good. Probably one of the most intense of them. Like I was uncomfortable watching three for a lot because so if you're gonna watch one i recommend watch three. three um right. it was almost like a soft reboot of the series as well meaning it erased the first two for the most part and kind of started this whole thing and it launched everything that came after it like how the ethan hunt and his part his team moving forward um so i recommend three like it, it was a 10-year anniversary of the third like it came out in the third and yeah, it was uh it's intense. So and that's because of Philip Seymour Hoffman, I believe. Um so yeah, th- it holds up. If you enjoy the Mission Impossibles, you're gonna enjoy this. That's just kind of what I will say. So let's get into I have to I love your one of your topics, like Tom Cruise, the running man. Why is Tom Cruise the best running actor in all of Hollywood? I dude, it's because he puts his heart and soul into it. He's going, <laughs> he's going up, he's chugging along. But I was kind of cracking up because I felt like 45 of this movie, 45 minutes of this movie was just Tom Cruise running. And with the way they film him, where they, you know, you can see like his legs are pumping too. It's just, it was yeah. funny to me. Uh, but for 61 years old, I had to look this up. 61 years old, that dude can yeah, dude. move. Yeah, dude. Um, so I was just, I was having such a good time just watching like the little running scenes because they don't necessarily add any overall story to it right like you don't need to see tom cruise run um because when he's running it's in a big open kind of area so you don't you don't need it you could cut and move on to the next thing after he starts running but no they just (laughs) the entire time to where he's going which was which was cool i liked it um it really kind of drove home the fact that tom cruise even though he's old is still able to perform well, which is something that we've noticed with a couple other actors where you get to a certain age, you've been doing, you know, movies for decades at this point, you start to slow down. He's not, no, he's still, he's still out there chugging. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it was funny and it felt like almost a quarter of this movie was just Tom Cruise running. That's a, that's a mission impossible staple as well. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, you could you could really just call the Mission Impossible Tom Cruise sprinting like it, it's pretty pretty accurate at that point like he sprints a lot in these movies and in weird situations like always trying to catch somebody like having to run through some weird spots um or like a, this one was great because that at the airport you see the shadow in the window running but you know that's actually him like it's. Just, <laughs> well, it was funny yeah. too because he's got two speeds right walk and sprint yeah <laughs> like there's never a jog or a you know I, I have to run a mile so i'm gonna pace myself it's yeah zero and we're going <laughs> yeah zero and flat out like <laughs> and you can tell it's flat out too because the guy's got veins that start pot like he is full on and i like i don't know if you've ever run in a dead sprint you know that feeling that you're in your head you're like dude i'm cruising and then you're like I can't keep this up for long. No, you can't. <laughs> like it's everything is moving at full speed. So yeah, it's rough. 
<laughs> but he's just he's just chugging along and having a grand old time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that Lots. airport one, I was just giggling. Oh, for sure. <laughs> it's hilarious. But he does that. Yeah, I mean, it's constant. I mean, that's his thing, especially in these movies. Like, he's just always going to be sprinting. So, I, you know. We'll he looks too, good while doing it. You know, better than Noodle Arm Ezra Miller going. Oh, God. Yeah, like, that guy should have taken some notes. But he always looks. But that's Tom Cruise for all the bullshit that we all hear. And, I, we, you know, that's died down quite a bit from the early 2000s when he was like cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs jumping on Oprah's fucking couch and shit. But he does his own stunts, especially in these. And again, it's 61. Like when he did the, the one prior to this, the dude fucking broke his leg. Yeah. Jumping across actual rooftops. Like I heard they had to delay the movie, right? Yeah. He <laughs> the fucking heel. So, cause he does his own shit. Like he hung from like, a moving helicopter. I mean, he was all harnessed up and shit, right? But like, because nobody wants to pay the insurance companies don't want to pay out that dude. But, no. but yeah, like he like he does all the silly, goofy shit, and he does it in this one. Like he jumped off that fucking mountain on the motorcycle and fucking parachuted down. But we also like the guy flies planes in real life. Like the, I mean, the guy is no joke. Like, yeah, he's no joke. So, yeah, he's an interesting character. And no matter how much shit you talk on him, you can't say the guy doesn't commit to what he's doing. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. And again, it's 61. All the time. Yeah. 61. Yeah. It's not. I just turned 30. I'm not jumping off a cliff. (laughs) Dude, I just turned 42 and I'm not riding a motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) I'm at this dude's age. I'm like, I can't even get off the couch like he does. Yeah. There's no way. Like, I can sprint to my front porch I, from, from then the Then I have street. to recover for, like, 10 minutes. Yeah, and then I'm going to need, I'm gonna need, some, I'm gonna need some Bengay. I'm going to yeah. need a couple Advil, and I'm going to need, like, a gallon of water uh, and a nap. <laughs> it's just, yeah. So kudos to Tom Cruise there. Um. Well, let's jump into this movie. Okay, so this whole thing, as the the synopsis so eloquently stated, they're chasing down this secret weapon. And I will say that I was very intrigued by the opening sequence where we're introduced to this AI, right, or the entity, because it was this weird. Now, the voiceover was odd across the board because it was a lot of voiceover. We started with the Russian dude talking about how, they had this AI kind of that helped them stay. They'd been purposely Hidden. going right up to everybody's Navy Stealth mode. Yeah. They couldn't be seen no matter what. And then we find out later that this was infected with an AI, um, a different AI that then went rogue and like shot down. But I thought it was cool that like it generated on the radar, this fake submarine. Sub, yeah. And that it had him shoot at it and then remote turn the fucking it's it used the sub against and the people against themselves, which that's scary shit. And it's probably the more realistic version of an AI going rogue than we've seen in most film. Right. Cause they try to humanize a lot of them or, you know, make them like, well, we, they just build machines. Well, no, this one's using humans against humans. 
with this machine level coldness, which I thought was cool. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like that opening sequence really set the whole movie up. But following it through, like I was kind of confused by this <laughs> entity's plan. So I, it almost felt like they adapted and changed the story as they went. If they hit roadblocks or anything, because we see, you know, at the beginning, it makes sense, right? The entity essentially seeks this boat, this submarine to, you know, preserve its source code. Yeah. But then the movie is, it almost makes it feel like the entity's plan is to corrupt, you know, one nation by giving them access to the source code, thinking, letting them think that they, that this nation can control it and then reversing the plan. And I was sitting there, I was going, well, you know, take out all the extra steps and just go back with the Russians. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a lot of extra steps to get to your point If this, and we learned that this entity is like, you know, reading several quadrillion calculations per, you know, second or whatever it is. So it's, it should have thought through like all these processes at one point. Right. Yeah. So I was sitting there, I was like, I mean, this just sounds like a bunch of extra steps to get what you want, because if you were, just go back with the Russians. They're a superpower in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're the one who's got control over their military, their national stuff, they're pretty much self-isolated on their own kind of way. Yeah. I mean, it's just a perfect place to set it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, instead of, you know, trying to get to the United States or one of the other world superpowers. So I was like, you already were a part of one. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I think part of what, to me, as I was watching it, I think, and this, I'm with you, like, there, it was kind of confusing as to why we were even where we were, what, like, why the entity had this, like, uh, I mean, what's the term, like, you're, if you have your, uh, oh, God, why can't it, like, another moment of JJ's brain not working, yeah, fuck, shocker, go. they never happen, um, <laughs> So, like, your avatar, right? So, like, yeah. the bad guy is this AI's human avatar, if you will. And I'm like, why does he need... Like, first of all, if you don't want to be found, which technically this thing could rule the world... Because to me, I don't think that the AI itself actually wants to be a part of any superpower. I think it's the superpowers that want this AI... So that they can continue to be, or become the only superpower. And the AI, they hinted at, doesn't want anybody to find it because that's the only way it's ever going to get shut down is if they find oh. this sub. So it's got this guy that it's created this situation where it can get the key. Because the key's out there because they found the sailors, right? They found the Russian sub people. Here's where my logic kind of goes, wait. Because... Nobody knows where this fucking sub is, is what it seems like. But if they found the bodies of the Russians, wouldn't you You'd be think able it'd to be somewhere go, around there? <laughs> I mean, let's do a search radius. <laughs> yeah. Start here where the bodies were stuck to the ice. Now, granted, there's going to be some flow, right? When the ice right. starts to melt, it'll move. But we know it's in the fucking Bering Sea. Yeah, we can narrow down a very small area of the entire yeah. And we know it's somewhere where the ice covers the surface for a lot of the year, right? So 
in that area, start fucking diving and you'll eventually find this fucking thing. So for me, like that was the part where everybody kept at the end. It was like, well, nobody knows where it's at and we have to find this sub. And that's the only way I was like, that shouldn't be too hard since they found the bodies, which is the only reason they have the keys Mm -hmm. or the two halves of the key. So I'm like, okay, why are we acting like this is so difficult now? Everything we have is run on tech and the internet. Like we see that through this movie, which I appreciate that both Kittredge and uh, Luther both start moving everything to analog systems yeah, versus anything that's connected because that's a big change. And that's something that has to happen because one thing that was really cool was when the AI took over the headsets and like drove Ethan oh, right where he needed to that be. Was- great and it changed voices and like and then and then eventually took ilsa work to the bridge by basically challenging her which i was like oh damn that's rough so did i leave or did you leave uh i don't know one of us (laughs) i think it was you but (laughs) getting too close to the ai oh geez shit (laughs) Why does that shit always happen in weird moments for us? I know, right? Either we're goofing off about the government or we're talking about AI taking over the world. Some ain't right, fuckers. Yeah, they're leaving us a bunch of hits. Hey, don't talk about that. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) No shit. Yeah, it was a cool part of the movie, though. It was. Like, Like it was uh, really cool, but kind of paired with that, right? You have this almost like overpowered AI. Right. Mm-hmm. And so this always gets me because they, you know, build up to how great this AI is, like it's flawless almost. Right. Yeah. And the only way to beat it is to go to analog. But then you have moments where, you know, like Tom Cruise pickpockets Gabriel's uh, key from the train. Yeah. And so it's like this big twist moment. But then I was also like, well, shouldn't the AI have seen that as a possibility and built in a contingency because it had a truck there waiting for Gabriel. It had, you know, explosives for the bridge for the train, but in no future did it see Tom Cruise pickpocket Gabriel's yeah. <laughs> key away from him. Yep. Um, and so then it's like, okay, well, the AI has to have flaws, right, for the movie to progress and the story to progress. Uh, but then why do you build it up to be like this flawless thing to where even Gabriel is like, I'm going to be getting the key tomorrow mm-hmm. on the train to Innsbruck. Yeah. Like you can build it in to be like, I mean, because they, they almost build it in anyway to the point where Gabriel doesn't know where the sub is. Yeah. Right. The AI hasn't told him or the entity hasn't told him where its source code is. He has to find that information. So Gabriel's not flawless. Yeah. Um, even with the AI helping him. So you could build that in to make this AI or even just put it through Gabriel as being at fault. But we have this perfect plan. And then all of a sudden the key's been pickpocketed. I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How? So this AI doesn't see everything or yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like, that was probably my big, one of my biggest issues too was, okay, so you can calculate the odds, which I appreciate, right? Like I'm fine with that down to the point that you can have Gabriel telling people that he's going to get the key. It's going to be dropped at his feet. Yeah. Like that's to the level that you can predict. But Tom Cruise, again, Tom Cruise pickpocketing him is outside of a calculatable phenomenon. Like, 
we needed something that was more outside of the box than that right like that's the part like i was almost like i wish they would have done something with like gabriel trying to turn against the ai or something you know what i mean or or they, they to me like it would have been because I like the point where Gabriel, like the one the Palm Clementine, the Paris character, like turns on him. I was like, that's a cool idea, and the AI catches it. But it would have been more interesting if she was on top of the train chasing Cruz, and then it, it comes that opens the opportunity for him to pick the pocket or something. Yeah, but just the fight, like, and I know that they were trying to tie it to the fact that. Tom Cruise decides to kill the dude versus or at least pretend to kill the dude. And then the two other guys come after him. But I was just like, you've already shown this AI, like you say, being so OP that he can predict it falling at his feet, which only happened because Tom Cruise was on a freak, jumped off a mountain and parachuted into the side of a train. So for you to predict that ridiculousness, (laughs) but you can't predict that he's going to pick his pocket in the middle of a fight on top of the train. Yeah, I mean, there's some flaws in that, but I mean, that's nitpicking shit, right? Like, yeah, it's it's nitpicky. But I was sitting there because then you have this point as well that would have tied in perfectly. Is you have those two agents or whatever it is, mm-hmm. the the government boys, Fed boys, yeah. that are on the train, right? And they do something that's not in their wheelhouse, which is they agree to help Tom Cruise, Ethan. Yeah, and it's that could have been the trigger to where. You know, either the, you know, Tom Cruise pickpockets Gabriel or he doesn't. What's the trigger to make either one of those things happen? It's the Fed boys coming over to Ethan's side and maybe they're the ones who take the key. Mm. And then, you know, Tom Cruise pickpockets them. Yeah, that's um, fair. Or whatever it could be. And so you had this kind of built in to have the reason. But if, you know, it, I mean, and Luther kind of explains it out like this AI wants you on the train because either you die, or you're going to kill Gabriel. Yeah. You're the only person who wants to kill this thing. Yeah. Um, and so you have this kind of cool moment. I'm like, oh, it ended with a pickpocket. Well, the way to telegraph your move a mile away. Because <laughs> <laughs> as soon as Gabriel puts a key in his pocket, I was like, oh, Tom Cruise is picking that thing. Yep, that's what I did too. I was like, well, there's how we lose the key. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, but it was just a little bit like, oh, you could have. It was, it was right there. It was right there. You could just. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, I'm with those, you. Yeah, those Fed boys were kind of one of my favorite parts. Oh yeah. Uh, from the get go, to where E five. That's all the way across the airport. <laughs> well, it's Shay Wiggum, the guy that plays the main one. He's so fucking funny. Like in everything that he does, he's just entertaining. So I, I appreciated the choice for him. There. Tasers two guys and. <laughs> Go get the parties, man! Damn. <laughs> yeah, seriously, let's go to a party. Like, and, <laughs> and there's nothing that he, like I keep trying to think back. Like he doesn't play every anything that's like major, but he's in a lot of movies, and he yeah. stands out to me as someone like that. As soon as I see him, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be good. <laughs> well, so it's everything he does, like the little things, because even like touching the guy's face kittridge face because he oh. thought it was you know, yeah and then the mask he's like touching him and pulling on it <laughs> like yeah 
<laughs> like he knows the trick, but he's just like two and a oh, half yeah. steps behind constantly. Oh yeah. Um, and the one in the airport was the best. The least. <laughs> Sticking his hand in his what mouth. Are you trying, doing? To, like, <laughs> trying to find his tonsils, apparently. <laughs> oh, man. So good. Yeah, that was funny. I like but just it. having him pop up or, you know, the duo popping up all the time was yeah. great because it's like they're a, they're a threat, but not really. Yeah. And they, they play it so well. Yeah. Well, and then, so I will say too, though, that I'm with you, like, they could have been more clear on what the entity wants, because if it's about disappearing, then why would you tell Gabriel where it's at? Unless the idea there is the entity knows that Gabriel, in his mind, won't continue to do what he needs to do if he doesn't know because they because even luther pointed out gabriel's plan is to try to control the entity yeah so he won't continue working for the entity i guess that makes sense that's i kind of answered my own question gabriel won't continue working for him if he doesn't feel like he has a chance to control the entity and use it and continue to be that which how stupid can you be when no this shit. thing is like communicating through your watch to you <laughs> Yeah, letting you know your timer for your next task. Like, yeah. How stupid yeah. <laughs> could you get? Yeah, it would have made more sense if it was just like Gabriel's whole thing is, is he just makes him a better killer, right? Yeah. Like it makes him be able to do chaotic things, and so he'll follow the entity regardless. But then that kind of defeats the purpose of him. The whole goal of him is to find out where it is, except maybe to tease, you know, Ethan Hunt with it. Mm-hmm. But and I'm sad that he'll said died. Yeah, that was kind of a bummer. I like her uh, character. Yeah, she was pretty good. Yeah, I didn't have. I don't know if she's in previous movies. I she didn't is. Have any, okay, any emotional attachment really? Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I was like, hmm, really, is Gabriel that good of a knife fighter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that sword's pretty fucking cool. Like, yeah, a little cane sword. Yep. Yeah, that I think she took at some point, but yeah, she was she's been in a couple of them previously, uh, Rogue Nation and and uh, Fallout. I think the last two, I think those were her only two. She was introduced in Rogue Nation, um, but I I love the actress Rebecca Ferguson. We've talked mm-hmm. about her before on the podcast. Like, yeah, I she's in Dune, her. right? Yes, she's the mom in Dune. So. I, she's not a thing. That's what I most recently remember seeing her in. <laughs> yeah, that's it. no, I love her. So that was I was sad, like when they, but I mean that's a typical poor Ethan Hunt. That guy's like, he's like the one guy that like wants to die instead of all of his people, but he never does. Like he has to yeah. watch. So it's rough, or people either betray him or they die, and it's just like. Mm. So Luther's the only one. I don't. I think Luther's been around since the beginning. But I don't remember if Simon Pegg was. I think he came in a little later. I don't think he was in the very first one. But Luther was. Which is, yeah, that's a long time to be part of the the series. But he hasn't been in every one. Yeah, he's just been around. Yeah. In the shadows. Yeah. But I like I like Luther, too. He's cool. Oh, I like the byplay with uh, Luther and then Benji and 
uh, Tom Cruise, especially in the airport. Yeah. Like, uh, Wait, there's a bomb? You didn't tell me that. You were kind of busy. We didn't want to bother you. No, 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 no. You bother me for a nuclear bomb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, their uh, they're back and forth is great. Um, I will say this, too. And I think this is my last criticism of the movie. And then I want to just finish up with, like, what I really like about it. And it's yeah. across the board. But it's long. Oh. And I don't know why this is like becoming a thing and it makes me nervous. And I, and I've said it a million times. I mean, I know it feels like I'm probably beating a dead horse. If you listen to our podcast for a while, but two hours and 45 minutes or whatever the hell it was, it's too long. It could have been at most a two hour and 20 minute movie and still been great. I think you probably could have cut it down to two hours. I really do because it's a part one. (laughs) Yeah, that's the other scary part. Is like you, I got you another three hours to yeah, and it's like where's the story going? Are we gonna literally real time Innsbruck to the Bering Sea? Yeah, because that's what it feels like. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's relatively close. I mean, Innsbruck is like Germany area, and then you got Bering Sea. I mean, yeah. Little yeah, airplane ride, and you're there. <laughs> yeah, it's not too far, just a little bit north. <laughs> um, but I mean, it was long, yeah, and you could cut some stuff out because it was, you know, a lot of Tom Cruise running, yeah, one of those, um, or even a lot of their fight scenes went really long to the point where I was like, okay, let's wrap it up, yeah. Uh, and like for me, like the car chase scene, look, it was hilarious. I don't think I've ever laughed that hard at a car chase scene in my life because when they get in the Fiat, dude, I was dying. Yeah. Like I was cackling out loud, hey, especially when she's circling the thing. Yeah. She's flipping Cause she doesn't, obviously she's a terrible driver. So it was just hilarious, but that was a very long sequence. So, and the, and for me, it was the action sequences. Like even in the desert early on, when he's going after Ilsa, that it felt like, which is a cool 30 minute scene, prologue. But yeah, like it was like there you could have cut out of at least three of the action scenes, even on the train. Like mm-hmm. it's probably look, it felt like it, there was a lot of video game comparisons in my head with this too. So you have the desert scene felt like kind of like a uh modern warfare, like Call of Duty yeah. type map where there's like this mission you're on. And then the chick car chase scene was too long. Like it would have been funnier if they would have got into the fiat earlier cut out all the open door the weird standoff where they get handcuffed like there was a lot of things that could you could have cut 10 minutes out of that you could have cut 10 minutes out of the desert scene maybe five minutes out of the desert scene the train scene you probably could have cut five to ten minutes out because that felt like uh i can't think of the name of it uncharted uncharted yeah that felt a lot like uncharted like because you're doing all the parkour shit up the train but it was probably like three cars too long like yeah i was at one point i was like are we going to the end of the train are we gonna see every car gonna fall off the edge it was at least one car too long like i don't think we needed the food cart like the kitchen car yeah i was like "Eh." i was like "Mm, you're not getting through that (laughs) yeah not a chance in hell (laughs) like they're they're trying to pull themselves up when the floor is slick with grease (laughs) yeah i'm out so you could have taken that entire piece out like 
there was a lot. And then I think there was some heavy expositionary scenes too. Like the first, like when he goes in and he breaks into like all of the spy apparatus people and he cool scene, but the lead up to him breaking in and being the weird looking dude. And then the, the whole knocking Kittrich out or like leaving as Kittrich it took too long. There was a lot of exposition in this film as well. So I think you could have gotten this down to at least two hours and 20 minutes. I mean, that's only 23 minutes. Sounds like a lot, but it's not when you think about all the scenes that could have been shortened. Or to me, I think two hours is a sweet spot. Because I think you could have found 43 minutes of, and I say 43 minutes, it's probably more like 35 minutes because that also includes credits and shit. Yeah. there's at least five to seven minutes of credits these days. So 30 minutes, you cut out 30 minutes of this film, and I think it's damn near perfect length. Because the action scenes, the 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 set pieces, and like all of that stuff is beautiful. It's amazing, as is true for most of the the Mission Impossibles. Like it's crazy fun, but it was long. It was a long ass movie. So that's my other than the, that and then, like, my little gripe of the train, like, some of the shit they did on top of the very, very, very fast-moving train, I'm like, no. Mm. You fall down? <laughs> like, there was a You're moment not. where, like, they kicked him and he goes up in the air. And I'm like, no, that train's like, you're not getting your balance. You do realize that the roof of that is rounded. It's not meant to be walked on. You guys are all dead. Like, everybody that <laughs> stepped on top of that train is dead. Yeah. <laughs> But anyway, <laughs> several that, times over. <laughs> yeah, that 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 doesn't make the movie fun though. So I get it. But but overall, I won't lie too. Like it's a fun movie. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I had a lot fun. of fun even coming in. You know, seven movies in. I was yeah, like, this is a good watch. Yeah. Um. So I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's fun, as they all have been. I think except for two. Two was pretty rough. Just wasn't as good. It felt like, yeah, it just wasn't as good. One was phenomenal. Two was terrible. Three was great. And then from then on, they've all been, they found the formula. And so, yeah, and I hate to give credit to J.J. Abrams, but he did three. (laughs) But that was back in the early days when he still was making great movies. Yeah, he had to make good movies. (laughs) Yeah, because he wasn't, he wasn't wasn't J.J. Abrams Abrams back then, yeah. He was who's this JJ Abrams guy? Like he's yeah. making this cool alias show and this lost show, but can he do movies? Well, yeah, it turns out he can for a while. And then we're like, oh, that's a JJ Abrams film. <laughs> anyway, that's a whole different topic. With that, let's rate this thing. I'll go first. Right. Um, look, I had a lot of fun. It fits well into the Mission Impossible verse that Tom Cruise has built. Um, I like Tom Cruise a lot as Ethan Hunt. I think. He does a great and is surprisingly like I've always believed Tom Cruise is one of the better actors, period. He doesn't get a lot of credit because he does a lot of these kitschy action films or he does. But in my opinion, he's always been one of the best actors out there. He just has a weird personal life and he's let that shit shine through. And so it's kind of tainted a lot of the the. But if you remove all of that and just looked at his his acting chops and his body of work. He's a phenomenal actor. Great stuff. And this is no exception. Like, I believe that he's having a hard time choosing. Like, he doesn't want to choose. I believe that this character would put himself in harm's way long before he put his people there. 
And I really appreciate that Tom Cruise goes like the guy just does what needs to be done to make films. Great. Um, and this movie was fun. It's got great casting. It's got great acting. The, the villain Gabriel is pretty intriguing. Like I like him as a villain. Like he's, I like the idea that he's the closest to an AI human that you can find. Right. Because he doesn't exist. Really feel and he doesn't exist. And he's this, he has kind of machine thinking and he enjoys the kill. So there's not sociopathic tendencies leaning towards this. Is it AI worthy? Right. So I like that. It's intriguing. And he has ties to the past, which is new. So very good. Um, I enjoyed it. I'm going to give it a four. I think the only things I'm marking it down for is the biggest piece is the length. And then there's some muddling with like, what's the overall intention of the AI because it seems to contradict itself in some situations. And for such a super powered, like quick thinking AI, like I'm like, "Eh, I shouldn't be confused as to its intentions, at least not that level of like confusion as to why it's doing what it's doing. And there's some things that I'm like, but that shouldn't work that way where that should be easier to figure out then we've made some of this stuff. So I, I just think there's a little overthinking that happened in the writing of the film, but overall thoroughly enjoyed it. Giving it a four. I will watch most of it again, but it's long. So there's some things I'd speed through because it doesn't add anything. All right. I- yeah. So for my first uh, rendition of uh, mission impossible, I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't know if this is true for the other movies, but what kind of stood out to me with this is they have a good balance um, between like this, you know, never going to happen fight on top of a train. Mm -hmm. But they balance that out with stuff that would like after Tom Cruise's base jump, you have Simon Pegg in his ear going, are you alive? Are you there? (laughs) Which is something that would totally happen, right? You you wouldn't have this kind of, okay, here I go from Tom Cruise and okay, I'm in the air and then nothing from you know the guy in your ear you'd be like are you there what's up how's it going um type of thing so you have this balance between what would actually happen versus the offset this oh this is never gonna happen uh type of stuff so i really enjoyed that because it happens periodically even to the point of i forget the actress's name but grace's character mm-hmm. is it uh Atwell Haley Atwell. Like Atwell um where you know it was frustrating because i'm like why the fuck do you keep running away stupid but at the same time that would totally happen right you had a pickpocket who's been on her own for pretty much her entire life at this point learned how to survive on the street she's not sticking around Mm -hmm. every chance she's get she's runs uh so it's frustrating from the movie standpoint but i was like okay this this makes sense um in a real kind of like scenario right yeah so i'm gonna give it as four as well i probably will not rewatch it anytime soon uh, but I can see myself sitting down and enjoying it just for the banter uh, that exists within this uh, between all the characters. I mean, it was a funny movie. It's yeah. hard to think of, you know, like uh, something like John Wick, right? It's far more action based, serious, and you have a few jokes in there. This seemed to be pretty equal. You yeah. have the great action scenes, but you have just as much kind of humor and funny and jokes that go along with it. Um, so, yeah, four for me. I was pretty uh, impressed with my first uh, mission impossible viewing nice yeah what you ought to do is sit down and watch the rest i will say are they all as long as this one (laughs) no they're not actually (laughs) thankfully 
Um, you got to watch one. Okay. Because it's great, and it sets the tone for everything. Um, Which one does Henry Cavill reload his biceps in? That's the most recent. That's the one right before okay. this one. Six. That's, uh, uh, I don't remember the name of it. Um, Fallout. Fallout. Okay. Mission Impossible Fallout. Yeah, because they were like, it was like Mission Impossible 1, 2, and 3, and then they started giving them names. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, but like Mission Impossible 2, you could probably skip. It's like, eh, other than the fact that it's, you know, it's part of the story. Um, but yeah, Mission Impossible 1 is amazing. And then 3, it picks back up. But again, 3 for me was a lot to do with the villain. Right. And then from three, I think it goes into Ghost Protocol, which we've done a we did a review on Ghost Protocol. We did the comparison with mm, uh Ghost okay. Protocol and James Bond. Um oh, the Casino Royale. Is that the yeah, one? Casino Royale. That we did one of the the comparative ones there. And then it goes Ghost Protocol and then Rogue Nation and then Fallout and then Dead Reckoning Part One. So All yeah. right. You got a few got, there that you can get caught up on. I got some on. homework. <laughs> yeah, I highly recommend one and three. And then everything from three has been good. And that's where the story is kind of tied in mostly to this. And they've, it's kind of the same movie over and over again. But sweet, worth watching because Tom Cruise is Tom Cruise. And the characters around him are fun. So, yeah. All right. Well, with that, uh, Alec, tell everybody where they can find us. <laughs> Happy to. Uh, thank you for tuning into our review of Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. That's a mouthful of a title, yeah, by is. the way. Uh, your mission, should you choose to accept, is to leave us a comment and let us know if our verdict matches with yours. The best place to find our content is on YouTube, where you can match voices with faces and freeze frames and see who has more bags under their eyes on our early morning recordings. Uh, if you are looking for more content, we have quite a bit on our Patreon. Everything from trailer reactions to behind-the-scenes outtakes to even full-blown Patreon-exclusive episodes of What's Our Verdict. Special shout-out to our current patron, Chat Ginge PT. Love it. We appreciate you and your mats and jokes. With that, I will send it back to the mauling Macedon, the Titan of Terror, a JJ. Yeah. Yeah, you should definitely go check out the Patreon. It's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. With that, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you on the next. Hasta la vista, baby. Cinematic. Out.